Hi, guys. Welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Coach Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode 12 of this podcast, I sat down with my sister, Gabby Kessler, and her husband, Nadav Kessler, to talk about their experience in going through the immigration system. Immigration has been a hot topic for a while now in today's society. We recorded this episode over the Thanksgiving break when I was home in New York, and we thought we could share our own stories to talk about what it's really like to go through today's immigration system. I also got to chime in with my own story in this episode, as recently, after 19 years of living my life in America as an immigrant, I have finally received my permanent residency. I do have to give you a warning that this episode did get slightly political, but I hope that as you listen, you can hear our real-life stories and feel the struggles we went through. I think I have a mixed feelings about releasing this episode, as on the one hand, I'm really excited to be sharing our stories as a modern-day immigrant, uh, but on the other hand, I'm slightly worried about how we'll be received or perceived as you listen. Uh, the purpose behind why we wanted to do this is because we felt like the immigration system is a really hard system to understand unless you've gone through it, but it's so easy to judge uh, from the outside looking in. So what a better way, I thought, to tell our stories with Nadav, who's going through the system currently, and Gabby, um, who has seen me go through it and now is uh, going through it with Nadav as his wife, and also a profession in the field. So more than anything else, uh, I hope that this is an informational podcast uh, and that you become interested in our stories. Let's get started. Today, I'm super excited to be sitting across from Gabby and Nadav, my sister and my brother-in-law. And I've asked them to come on to the podcast today to talk about the uh, a little bit of a hot topic or a little bit of touchy subject. And it's, it's going to be a tricky subject to talk about, but honestly, nobody can deny our own stories immigration. Um, so I thought this would be a great idea because that is also part of my my um, identity as well as far as going through the process. And I wanted to hear yours, Nadab, and as Gabby, as a professional and a spouse of an immigrant, of going through that process of immigration, because I think when you look at it on paper, it sounds so simple, but it really isn't. So why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll get to started from there. Hi, everyone. I'm Gabby. Um, Hitty and I have known each other for a very long time. We are kindred spirits and siblings by um, family by choice and um, very, very excited to be here with him and Nadav, two of my favorite immigrants on the planet. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Nadav. I'm happy to be here. Been knowing Hitty for the past four years. Been married to Gabby also almost four years. Almost. The 3rd of December will be our fourth years married. So I'm happy to be here and tell my story. All right. So Nadav, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Israel, born and raised in Israel. I was there till I was 29. Then I met this beautiful lady named Gabriella Cyrano right here. <laughs> and uh, our immigration story is a, a story about love. That's what brought me here to America. There's many stories from immigration, very, mm -hmm. many, many backgrounds. And it's so varied and it's so common to immigrate. In America, it's become a big, big issue because it became a political issue, become yeah. a discourse around it. So um, our story here of me coming to the United States starts as uh, me being a bartender in a Mexican place, in Mexican bar and restaurant in Tel Aviv called Moscal. I was a bartender there for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. One uh, Saturday, I go to the back to bring limes to squeeze, 
and uh, the restaurant is empty. It's Saturday morning in beautiful Tel Aviv. Everybody's still asleep. It's 12. Um, and I go back to bring the lime, and I come back, and who's sitting in front of my lime squeezer? If not, <laughs> this little lady, <laughs> Gabrielle. Yeah, well, I, I was in living in Israel at the time, doing a master's degree in um, international diplomacy, and um, I was living in Tel Aviv, and I missed Mexican food a lot mm. <laughs> when I was in Israel. Um, I come from a, a Cuban-American background, so not quite the same cuisine, but similarities. And so there was this great Mexican restaurant in my neighborhood that I went to all the time for takeout. And yeah, one Sunday afternoon, I was, um, you know, craving some enchiladas. And I went in and I saw at the bar Nadav and I thought, wow, that's a really cute guy. (laughs) Um, You know, maybe I'll just go sit up in front of him and place my order and, and see how the conversation goes and and we immediately had a little bit of a of a click and um i thought towards the end when i was going to pay my tab that i would write my number down on Mm. the receipt um but before i could do that nadav asked me um if i wanted to go out and if he could show me israel from his point of view tel aviv is my backyard you know i know all the good spots and uh any american that come to tel aviv especially nowadays where all the taglit and the jewish people come to israel for free to get a great trip and taglit is um sorry to interrupt but taglit is what you would know more commonly as birthright which is um any any jewish person from any part of the world can basically Mm. get a free trip to israel um yeah so we see a lot of americans especially in my bar where i used to work uh, but I know the cool spot, so that's uh, one way that I got Gabby to like me. <laughs> but we hit it off, and, you know, life in Israel are very different than life in the U.S. Right. Very, very different. And once me, Gabby and I started to really be serious, I was actually about to start my master's and Ph.D. in uh, uh, psychology in, Tel- in the, this university called Barilan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up coming here, and now I'm after a master's in social work from Hunter College in New York. Um, he finished and graduated with honors. Yeah, I'm a licensed I know he won't say that practitioner. Himself, but <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah. Licensed in New York. Um, but yeah, coming here to the U.S. wasn't easy at all. It's actually one of the hardest things I did, and being a combat soldier and living in Israel was hard. But uh, Coming here and immigrating to America is hard in a very special way, in a very American way. So let's get to there, because um, I think that's where I think the listeners, the, that's the part that's really hard for the listeners to understand. I mean, as a, as a person who's lived in the United States, as myself, it's since 12 years old, it was difficult. So I can't imagine you as an adult coming to the United States uh, to be with Gabby and trying to go through the immigration process. So tell us about what that process was like and where the where the difficult, the most difficult parts were? The most difficult part in my, my point of view, Gabby, is, uh, as she knows, is just the waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bureaucracy of immigration in the U.S. is insane, and uh, you got to wait a lot. Um, when you come to America, we consulted with a family friend who's a lawyer in New York, yes. immigration lawyer, that Hitty knows <laughs> it very well as well. Also helped s- Hitty, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Steven, yeah. a great guy. <laughs> Mr. Weinberg, um, who also, by the way, was the guy who got John Lennon his visa. Yes, yes. yes. correct. So very, he's a super very reputable. And uh, a soccer player from Brazil, very re- recognizable face in the immigration law in New mm-hmm. York. Yeah, and he helped us, um, you know, pro bono, just giving us advice with the paperwork because the paperwork is 
deliberately designed to sort of trick you, confuse you, yes. be extremely confusing um, because um, they want to make it basically as difficult as possible because the system is, is so overburdened. Um, and so you need a lot of help because otherwise they'll send you your paperwork back and you have to start the cycle all over again. And it's I remember those days um, accruing all the different documents, paperwork, signatures, how stressful it was. Um, you know, for both of us, but especially for you, just, you know, on top of having to assimilate to a new culture, mm. um, new weather, what new weather, <laughs> new serious. kinds of people. And, and we settled in, in New York city where, you know, I'm from. And as you probably know, Hitty grew up, um, in, in the same area. That's how we know each other. So, you know, New York is a really, really tough place for anybody. Right. Um, but for an immigrant, um, you know, you, you don't, I don't think you really appreciate how, just how difficult the New York city culture is. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, New York is you. one of the special places where it's very different from the outside and from the inside. When you live there, it can be very tough just right. because you have to deal with it every day. But when you come for a visit, it's awesome. But coming into New York and being with Gabby, besides being very happy to be with my then soon to be wife, um, you have to wait because you have to wait for a while to file your immigration paper. And meanwhile, when you do that, you, because if you don't have the money, and we don't, to right. pay uh, a big immigration company to do the forms for you, you got to figure it out on your right. own. So yes. that includes a lot of YouTube clips where you listen to uh, mixed racial couples usually on YouTube <laughs> doing their forms, <laughs> and, which is confusing as it is, you know. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I took the time and learned, one, because I'm cheap and I don't want to pay anybody. <laughs> I'm frugal, as Gabby told me to say. Um, and I can figure it out on my own, so why pay anybody? But it's a lot of reading, and you got to read all these sections. And, and we said in the beginning, immigration is a wide and varied topic. So these forms are for all immigration. Yeah. So you got to go through a lot of things to read where you're not necessarily going to you need them but you're gonna go through them just mm -hmm. to figure it out on your own if you don't want to pay and paying someone to do it is a serious amount of money and starting your life in america as many people do with debt just from getting here uh, not to mention that the, the journey here that costs people a lot of money sometimes then you got to pay the lawyers and figure it out and waiting and not working so even just that part that initial part of just a filing for your immigration can be t so tough. Yeah. Here's here's a tough question for you because I've thought often thought about this. Mm -hmm. it, do you guys think without Mr. Weinberg's help, you would have been able to be in the position that you are now? Because I could say for myself, I don't know that if I would be. There was some sticking points in my life where I'm like, I thought it was the end. You oh. know what I mean? Like I thought it was the end of the time here. And thankfully for my Chippy for introducing me to Mr. Weinberg, who was tremendous help. And, and super helpful in the process that there were times that I've thought like, if I wasn't in the situation that I'm in now, I'm not really sure that I would be here today. Yeah, I yeah. can understand that. Yeah, yeah, we're extremely fortunate because yeah. most people do not have access to a extremely um, reputable and talented immigration lawyer to help them for free. So yeah. that's some, a privilege that we definitely mm. do not take for granted. That being said, Gabby, I got to stop you there because working with Steven, I don't know about you, Hedy, your experience, but when you get a pro bono service from someone who's extremely busy, who runs one of the biggest immigration uh, law offices in New York, you know, his time is very limited. Mm -hmm. And when I was with him, it's more about just getting what you can with the time you got. But oh, most absolutely. of the... Most of the work I did was actually individually, just reading a lot. Uh, reading oh, yeah, no, you, you born, did the majority of the born work. Born legal yeah. documents, and just as a way to sublimate that actually the loneliness of coming to 
uh, U.S. and my wife working and me not being able to work. Um, so just reading this document and telling myself, you know, this is how I'm going to be here, even though this is how I'm going to figure this out because I can do it. But it's very frustrating. So I do yeah. think to your question, I do think if I, even if I didn't have the help, the pro bono help of Steven, I would figure it out. Um, mm. cause, uh, Good for you, because I really think he showed <laughs> me the ropes because I was lost. I had yeah. no idea. And I think mine was a little bit more complicated in the sense yeah. of I had to jump from one visa status to another to another yeah, to yeah, another. Yeah. And there was a time, and the, 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 the toughest spot for me was there was a time that lapsed. So I was technically a legal immigrant at one point for about six to eight months or so. Yeah. And thank God this was before like all this immigration stuff really, really changed. Yeah. Um, because it was a very scary time because I always thought like I could have somebody knocking on my right. door oh, it's coming terrifying. to get me yeah. to terrifying. deport me. And I mean, the current um, culture is, is, you know, just creating so much fear in, in communities that, um, you know, have long had to live in the shadows. And that's part of the, you know, the tragedy of, of what's going on with um, illegal immigration. And, and regardless of whatever your political views are, you know, I just hope that people understand listening to to us and to Hidi and Nadav's stories that um, even for people who, you know, are have to have the privilege of coming here with a wife or like Hitty when you came here young with your parents it's really really incredibly difficult so just imagine if you're coming because you're escaping violence in your home country um extortion kidnapping all these you know really really terrible things that are that are plaguing um central american countries uh and, and increasingly more countries around the world but um you know, so just imagine, you know, not having the language skills, mm. um, not having anybody um, and coming here. And, and a lot of people say, hey, just wait in line. But yeah. um, that's sort of a, you know, if you don't understand how immigration <laughs> proceedings work, waiting in line could take you 10, Forever. 15 years. Um, we have Hidi and Nadav here who, you know, had the privilege of, of you know, coming with visas when they originally came, but you know, they had to work their butts off and it was stressful and painful and excruciating and sad. And I remember, you know, both of their journeys, how arduous it was. And so I, you know, I just hope people realize that, um, you know, it's, it's easy to say, Oh, wait in line, but when you're really desperate, um, and you know, the system has not made it any, uh, sort of, concessions or, or ease for people who you know have been here for many many years um you know i i have some experience working um with undocumented immigrant communities and there are stories of people who've lived here for their whole lives they don't even recognize their home country right. and i know hitty that was mm -hmm. a, a, something for you yep. and you know they're having a party and all of a sudden um ice comes in and raids the party and they're deported back home to a country they don't know their entire family their entire lives are here um, so it's, it's really a devastating system and, and I hope that, you know, people can sort of reorient how they view these communities and their struggles because, um, there's so much more, um, you know, that meets the eye when it comes to, to immigration and, 
um, you know, gaining legal status. Mm. Um, it's it's incredibly difficult. And one thing I don't think we've mentioned so far is how expensive it is. Yes. You know, just every <laughs> single step of the way, the application fee and things that you have to pay. It's not just like $20. Yeah. You're talking about $500,000. every time. Yeah. Every, every single time. time. It's hundreds, close to a thousand, if not in the thousands. Mm -hmm. That's why I didn't, uh, I prefer not to pay for a lawyer and uh, I don't come from a wealthy family. Mm -hmm. I prefer to save where I could. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of money. Uh, fortunately, there's some services also, not only Stephen, there's many uh, nonprofit services that help immigrants. I know where we used to live in Bushwick, Brooklyn, uh, towards the end of my application uh, process for my original work permit here. Uh, I actually didn't go to Mr. Weinberg in the city because he was too busy, and I found this um, law office. It just helps immigrants for free, yeah, but you got to wait in line. And you also, know, that's and you went in line with families for four or five hours. That's something and that at I, the end of the day, you meet someone who is overworked, but they're there to help. Yeah, but I feel like that's also a privilege of living in a major city that's with true. lots of immigrant communities. I feel mm -hmm. like in other parts of America, um, you know, especially where lots of new immigrants are, are flocking because New York is incredibly expensive. And if you don't have family or friends here, or people to live with to start out, um, it's not really a logical place to go. So yeah. a lot of immigrants are going to other parts of the country where these services aren't um, as widespread as they are in a city like New York or L.A. or Miami, et cetera. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what status did you come in as? Yeah. So I came in the beginning with a, with a tourist visa. Okay. So the way it worked, Gabby and I, after figuring out that we cannot, it's not attainable for us as a couple to continue our life in Israel and mm -hmm. living in America just provides us with more ch choices right. to start a family and to live our life. Um, so I came as a, as a tourist and uh, after five months we applied for uh, Gabby to sponsor me. Yeah, to we have a he work came permit. In, in September, but yeah. And then we got married in December and yeah. then... Um, we applied, and Nadav got his temporary green card, but we didn't have our interview, our marriage interview, for another year thereafter. Yeah. So not. that's when the, <laughs> the interview process slowed down. I remember this. So yeah. mine's way longer than yours, but so to, I, this is where I can totally relate, is when Corey and I got married, I was like, oh, thank God this process is finally over, but it's really no. not. No, no. Yes. It's just the beginning of a new process. Yes, it's the beginning of the new process. Exactly right. Because then there's like, I think recently, right, for both of us, finally it's like the, the end is near because we got the I temporary so. status move removed from the permanent residency. Yeah. For right. me, it's uh, my case is still. So what happened to me? Uh, you get your two after you get your work permit, mm -hmm. then you you do the marriage interview, mm -hmm. then you get your conditional green card. It's mm -hmm. for two years. Mm -hmm. So after you get your conditional green card yeah, for two years, you one. apply for an extension. Why? Yes. The system is too overbooked and too crowded for you to just apply for a green card. So you apply for an extension while they figure it out your mm -hmm. case. Um, so the extension is sixteen months. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, eighteen months from the date. You, uh, your two years conditional green card ended. And right now I'm on that extension, but I recently got a mail where my case has been moved to another office of US uh, oh CIS. Gosh, I didn't know and that. And it will take another 12 to 14 months. So my extension is gonna run out probably before I will get my new green card. And then with that new green card, it's a 10 year green card. Yes, that's the then one that you I can apply yeah. for uh, to be a citizen. Yes. So right now I'm in the limbo, which is scary, right? Because I'm married. Me and my wife here, Gabrielle, we plan to start a family. What happens if in um, six, sorry, my 
Yeah, January, my, in July, that will be the end of my extension. Mm-hmm. If July I don't get any notification, what do I do? Then I'm an illegal right. resident. And there's nothing you can do at this point. Right. I remember exactly. this phase. I remember, you know, when I applied for the permanent residency and, and you know, Mr. Weinberg told me it's going to take a year before you get the answer. The year comes around. And I'm like, well, I didn't know anything. What, what did I do air. wrong? It's more in the air. But then I get the mail saying you're a, you, we need, you get an extension for six months. Um, and then we'll let you know. It's like, wow, I thanks. Like another six months and you of don't wondering know. what's going on. And yeah. if you call, they just tell you your case is pending. Yeah. No information. Exactly. Nobody to know. It's just insecurity. And that's the, I think, one thing you feel here as an immigrant is that, you know, we're doing you a favor by doing these documents for you. Yeah. Like when you call USCIS, it's really like, you know, this is the wait. Why? Because that's how it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that it doesn't fit your life or it causes hardship your life. Um, there's not really like the, even though it's America, the land of service and clients mm. and customer awareness, <laughs> when it comes to immigration, they don't give a damn about right. the customer. And listeners, <laughs> I just want you to, you know, like make a note here that like, we're not just complaining. This is our real story. Like this is what we had to go through. And even though we might not talk about it on a daily basis, the fact of the matter is these are the worries that like we had to go through as we went through this process. And, and I know it's not an easy concept to understand. And then some of you might be thinking like, well, you know, you're an immigrant, you have to go through this. But the fact of the matter is these are the things that, that made our lives really difficult. Like yeah. it's always in back of our lives and the job, I feel for you that you're still in this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully th- soon enough, you'll be able to say, okay, like it's over. We don't have to worry about it because that is a great feeling, by the way. That's I a hope. fantastic yeah. feeling I hope for it. And I think, wait. yeah, I think the uncertainty is maybe part like, part of what's so agonizing about it because you don't know at any given moment and especially given our current political climate Mm -hmm. um you know it just feels like anything can happen on a whim so Mm -hmm. you know to kind of just be living in limbo like that um it it puts a tremendous amount of stress Mm -hmm. on a person on a family on a household and and you know we i think have gotten through the worst of it but you know it's very hard and then on top of that um, you're assimilating to a new country and you're yeah. trying to find friends and trying to find an, uh, a niche that that mm-hmm. works for you. I know for Nadav it was very difficult because, um, you know, he was had so much um, connection to his homeland in Israel and to the people there. And it's a, it's a small country. So coming to this huge country and this huge city um, where, you know, things are very individualized and, and, you know, there's it's not so easy to find community. Um you know, it was on top of that, it was, you know, incredible stress. And, and, um, we had so many privileges compared to other people. So yes. if for us, it was yeah. that difficult. Um, you know, just trying to imagine, I you know, for people for without, people who don't have yeah, that, that exactly. who don't have family support, who don't have the financial resources, who don't, you know, have the language tools yeah. necessary. I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's something that I, that I hope people, um, you know, can start to, I, I know it's hard to imagine if you've been an American your whole life, you know, like I have, but, um, you know, if you start to, to listen to some of these stories, um, you know, I think, I think people will understand yeah. and become more compassionate. I think it's important to have these talks. Right. And then, and the other part that we haven't touched on is the fact that when you're in the limbo, it, they advise you to not travel out of your country. That's so you, correct. You don't, you don't get to see your family. Nope. You're here with your stranger. I totally yeah. get it. There was a span of eight years or so that I didn't get to go back to Japan to see my family. That's insane. And that's that's the reality it's of the so situation. Sad. It is. I can't, I can't <laughs> even <laughs> imagine that because I'm the only person out of my family that in, is in America. And Gabby said I'm very connected to my country and to my family. 
it's a small place where uh, and um i love my country and not be going there for eight years i can't even imagine that yeah. that just sound like depression to me well i mean thankfully for me like ma chippy and gabby has become my family so you know that has made the process a lot less stingy you right. know like it's a lot easier and you created your own family yeah, along absolutely. the way that's correct <laughs> as well that's true one. and but at the same time it's just i just can't imagine somebody who's in my shoes or who was in my shoes and not having the access to like s- a person like mr weinberg mm-hmm. or absolutely no idea or not being able to read or right. write exactly. to be able yeah. to understand or even just the process alone a family member to vent to to mm-hmm. cry yep. to um you know because it's it, it induces a lot of sadness and heartache that's true and the, my point was about the customer before but because when you talk to people that are in this uscis system the immigration system of the united states there is a way to make this better it's literally you know there's a status quo and the status quo is not good for the people immigrating but there's a political swing that says there's too many immigrants mm-hmm. and now right now this current political uh, administration moved a lot of money that could have gone into the system not saying letting more people i don't doesn't matter what's your opinion on immigration, just to make the process more efficient for the people actually doing the process, mm-hmm. customer and service providers of the system. Instead of doing that, providing more help, more lawyers, better ways to serve each themselves as professional in that field and the customers, they chose to take money and put into ICE, the law enforcement of immigration, mm-hmm. and taking people out of their homes and back to their original country, putting more money into that. And that is a, a choice. Because ICE had money and they chose instead of uh, benefiting both system, the receiving and the deporting, they just enhance the deporting system instead of the receiving immigrant system. Yeah, I mean, and it's somewhat of a fabricated crisis. I know that border crossings have basically reached a net zero. There aren't that many people coming over anymore. So the fact that we continue to um, fund border security and the militarization of the border at such, such high rates. Um, I mean, we pour you'd be shocked how many billions of dollars go into that. Um, and for what, you know, um, it hasn't really protected us from much. And meanwhile, we have millions of people sitting in limbo waiting. And that's why there's been this battle for several decades to pass comprehensive immigration reform, which would, you know, essentially give people here who are, um, undocumented without status, um, an easy path to citizenship where they wouldn't be in this limbo. Um, and we would reallocate resources to that, to helping people, um, you know, get what they need to integrate into the society. Instead, yeah. we have tens of millions of people living in the shadows, living afraid, um, and you know, there's no actual benefit to that. And, and you know, I, again, I don't want to get overly political, but um, immigrants pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Immigrants contribute to the economy. They contribute to the culture, and um, we are a country that was based and founded and formulated. Um, on the backs of immigrants and so um, I would just hope that people would have some compassion and understanding that um, when people come to this country it's because um, you know they have those same dreams and they need help and they want to support their families and they're usually escaping um, conditions and climates that are devastating and that 
the United States foreign policy has a lot to do with. So it's not like, oh, whatever's going on there is that country's fault. Um, the United States is a global imperial power, and we have a lot of influence about what, what goes on in those countries. Um, so, you know, I again, um, regardless of your politics, um, there have been people on both sides of the aisle who have supported rights for immigrants and supported um, reforming this, this entire system and making things easier for people like Hitty and Nadav and others. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that I would encourage anyone listening to, um, to, to look into and read about. And, and yeah, you know. I, I just have a soft spot for like immigrant kids who just grew up in this country and that's all they know. Right. But basically because they didn't have the, the status because right. they, they weren't born in the country, they're still an immigrant and they have to go through the process, but they really have no idea what to do. Yeah. So at the age of 18, when they go through, have to go through the public school system, they have to figure out what to do. They go through college as an yeah. immigrant, which was my case. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're told, like, you have to go through this process yeah. or else you get right. deported. And then you think in your mind, like, well, what do you mean? Like, I grew right. up my I was just entire a kid. life yeah. Nobody cares. has been this. Yeah. And then it's just because of where you were born. Right. Yeah. Right. Which ultimately, we really don't have a choice in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's something that's really hard as immigrants, especially yeah. for kids, I feel like, because you care. Mm-hmm. The person who lived here, the person who went to school here, the person who went, he cares or she cares um, about this country, about the process mm-hmm. that they were here, about the community that they created here. But then when you go to the people who represent this country as an immigrant, they don't care. You're just, mm-hmm. they're overworked and they're seeing uh, too many cases. They know the system that they serve does not work and the clients are not pleased, but you know, they're doing what they can. So your experience of America as an establishment, as an immigrant, doesn't encourage you to wanna like be an American, but life here in America does. So it's kinda mm, like- That's a great point. The people, yeah. yeah, the people here, they're loving American people are great. They're very, they love their country and they make you wanna live here and have the life they're having. But when you meet America, the system, you're mm. like, this system doesn't like me, and, you yeah, know. It's absolutely and, and true. And it's so detached it, it from the actual it people. It doesn't have to be that way. Is yeah. the thing. It really doesn't. So it's one by the, design. Yeah, one of the things like that sticks out to me is you know when I was looking for so I was at a status where after I graduated from college I had one, that one year grace period. I forget exactly what it's called, but that was the purpose of that year is to find a job that will sponsor my visa. Mm. But you go which to a job interview, which so is really hard. silly, right? So I, if I, and then for lack of better words, if I'm interviewing with another person, let's say there's two final candidates, me and a white guy, right? And then I put on the fact I have to be honest and upfront about the fact that I need a visa sponsorship. Yeah. There's a $5,000 price tag tagged on to me right away. So who is the company going to hire? Is exactly. this white dude or me? It's yep. obviously that has happened multiple times. Even after going through the master's degree and, 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 and to come to find out the day before I graduate that I can't be a school counselor because I'm not an American citizen. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally bad. And that's just like the system itself has so many flaws. And I mean, I don't know what the reasoning behind that is, um, but at the same time, it just hurts as an immigrant to realize like, oh, wow, like there's so much this like so much against me like you have yeah. to always be climbing up almost. so many barriers yeah and yeah. for someone like you who grew up here and you made a life here and you know i remember you in high school like yeah. you just you know you, you did so much and you got so involved and then in college and afterwards and, and you're giving back so much to this country and then to feel like these people just don't care because you just happen to not be born here mm-hmm. um 
it hurts. I can't imagine it does. how much it hurts. Yeah, so. I'm sure you can agree to that. Yeah, but you know, when it comes to that, I, I also have the privilege that I'm a, a white guy and my English is very well mm-hmm. and I can pass as an American. So when I go to a job interview, I can talk as an American. I don't have to do Israeli accent. <laughs> like most Israelis <laughs> talk like this. But I, I can speak American, you know, and I can speak American with you and I can call myself Nate, you know, <laughs> if I like. <laughs> And that's Nate. Okay. Yeah, because in America, at the end of the day, there's a lot of racism embedded into the system. Whether you like it or not, it's just the truth. Yep. Those are facts. Mm. And uh, if you pass as a white guy, then you look like nobody, you don't get, you just can't pass. But if you yeah. look different, it's embedded. It's not conscious, you know. It's someone right. who deals with mental health myself it's not conscious it's not this this person is a racist or the system is racist it's just embedded within right we have these implicit biases that that just um you know we don't even notice but they're there because of the kind of culture we grow up in Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah well guys we're coming up on time so i always like to end the podcast with the words of encouragement now the words of encouragement can be taken any way so it could be towards immigrants who's going through the same process as you or it could be towards people that's just listening to be informed Uh, so both of you go ahead well i think i've already (laughs) encouraged lots of you to to um you know, seek out stories about immigrants. And and if you can find immigrants in your own community, talk to about their experiences. I think that proximity and that conversation really lends itself to understanding and deeper compassion and, 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 um, the types of, of, um, you know, generational shifts we need in order to make this immigration process less burdensome and less painful for people who are just, you know, trying to live their lives. And, um, if you are the loved one of an immigrant who's going through this process, I would um, encourage you to just, you know, be patient, be kind. Um, it, it will eventually get better, I hope. Um, <laughs> it will. But, you know, if, if you love someone who's going through this, um, you know, remember that there are so many multiple challenges that are going on concurrently at the same time within that person. And, um, you know, just to, again, you know, be patient and uh, be kind yeah and uh, my words of encouragement is um you know nowadays a lot of uh, there's a swing especially in mental health where i work for community health care mm-hmm. community health and i think as an immigrant also you want to think about your community uh as an immigrant you can find yourself in this process feeling very isolated very me yes. against the system yes but uh that can close you off in the corner both psychologically and both literally um, and when you're going through this process, reach out, find people to vent to. Mm-hmm. Venting is very important. There's a lot to vent about. The system, as we said, the system doesn't care. The system don't have emotions, but you do, all right? And that is very important to process and to share. And while you wait to work, uh, while you wake, while you're in this limbo, and limbo is a horrible place to be. If anybody yeah. knows, and I'm sure it's a human thing to go through situation of limbo where you, you're not there, but you're there, and you're not here, but you're here. Uh, <laughs> so what I want to encourage everybody is to create strong community and relationship around you. Love and trust, the, trust and love the people around you and give them love and they will give it back. That's a great point. And I mean, knowing that you are going through the same thing that I was going through was a huge relief for me. And I think I reached out to you and I was like, just, you know, how are you doing? Just simple um, as that. I think Hidi and Nadav got their 
was it conditional green cards or permanent? Yeah, permanent. Yeah. Pretty now. much at the s- similar time. Yeah. So, so it's, it was nice to have <laughs> yeah. somebody who was going through the same process yeah. for sure. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast today. Thank you. And, thank you. Uh, good luck with that. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>